0: Welcome to Conversations with Sarah. I'm Sarah Redden, therapeutic coach of SRTT, and today I'm joined by Samantha Francis, parenting and relationship specialist, to have a conversation about generational healing. Welcome. Thank you for joining me.
1: me, it's really really Um, great to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to having this conversation and you sharing your knowledge with me. Mm -hmm. So, for me, I think a good place to start is what what do we mean when we're talking about generational healing yeah it's
1: a big topic isn't it um for me with my work with the the ladies that i work with and the work that i've done so far essentially when we're looking at generational healing we're looking at healing the unhealthy patterns that have unknowingly passed down from generation to generation and in particular i focus around parenting and relationships and that is, those are two specific areas that the, the unhealthy generational patterns will show up in. Um, you know, you hear it all the time, especially with mums, like where they will say, you know, I, I don't want to parent the way my mother parented mm-hmm. me or her mother parented her, you know. And that's an example of the, the unhealthy generational patterns that can occur, but also can be transformed and changed as well.
0: Okay, um, so I, I I do follow you on Facebook, and I've been kind of poking around and reading the stuff that you you write and it does really resonate with me my children are older um uh, they they're pretty independent now um so it's it it's something that I felt would be would have been a really really great resource when my children were younger and you talk a lot about positive parenting mm-hmm. do you think you could I- explain that for people that may never have either not heard that phrase before or kind of think well what what is this about
1: yeah absolutely I'd love to explain that because there's a lot of people that have heard it before and have an assumption about what it is and one mm-hmm. of the biggest assumptions is that oh you're going to be positive all the time and I'm the first person to put my hand up and say that it's absolutely impossible to do like none of us are positive all the time and the truth is we're not meant to be positive all the time but when Indeed, I speak of it right like you yeah. need contrast sometimes we're human beings so When I speak of it, I'm speaking from the perspective of let's bring in more positivity to it. Not 100%, -hmm. it's impossible, but if you can bring in different things and put different things in place to bring in more positivity to your experience, even if it's a little bit week by week or day by day, it will make a difference and it will transform whatever experience it is that you have going on um so yeah the, I think the big assumption around positive parenting is frolicking in the fields with your children and everything is rosy and great, and you're never arguing you're never falling out there's never any issues and everything yeah. is just and that's
0: just not the truth right. yeah I think um sort of one of the misconceptions maybe that I've come across in the spaces that, that I occupy is that it, it also means never saying no as a parent and having no boundaries yeah um, and that's that isn't my expectation of what positive parenting is yeah I I would
1: completely agree with that and I think yeah that is that's another common assumption as well it's like you just give your kids everything they they want and you know each to their own we all have different parenting styles but I'm a firm believer in in aligned loving boundaries for yourself Mm -hmm. first and foremost um as, as, a, as a human being never mind as a parent and that children do need those too because that's how they learn how to create their own aligned loving boundaries for themselves and I, I teach my clients as well the empowering feeling you get by saying no sometimes also mm. because I think as, as mums um, we, we always want to give our children we want our children to be happy but by saying yes all the time it can come you know at a cost and with, yeah. with a detriment you know so absolutely you can be you can bring in the aspects of positive parenting you can bring in more positivity in your experience and you can still say no
0: beautiful um and I completely agree with you I think that's really important to sort of recognize that um being a po- positive parenting or gentle parenting is one of the things that i like. Yeah. Like uh, doesn't mean that there's never a no, and doesn't mean that there's a boundary. For me, it's about logical consequences of behaviour, and and I think that's where the work that you do, or what I'm observing of the work you do. So do correct me if I'm wrong. With looking at the unhealthy generational patterns, is we kind of uh, unlearn some of the stuff that we think we know about being a parent. Is that is that right?
1: Absolutely. It's about saying, you know, the thing is when we are raised in a certain way or with a certain parenting style, especially for the first seven or seven or plus years, you know, we are almost learning under a hypnosis. We're absorbing all the time. This is why they say children are like sponges. Mm -hmm. And when we get older, if we want to kind of deprogram what's happened, you know, we have to do and put things in place and repeat to unlearn. And as we get old, if you can imagine, we accumulate so much. There's a lot of unlearning to do yeah. um, when we're wanting to change situations, and it can really feel quite challenging. But that is the key. If you have been raised or programmed in a certain way, the biggest piece really is the unlearning piece, and then the embedding of new information going yeah. forward. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, when when might a parent see these sort of patterns show up and? And I guess when they do show up, what what can we do about them?
1: So when, with certain patterns that show up, they will come up in times of, a lot of the times in times of distress. So Mm -hmm. usually when your child is behaving in a way that is absolutely triggering the hell out of you or upsetting you in some way. And, you know, I often say to my clients, it's never usually about what's happened on the surface level. It's about the emotions and everything that's evoked from underneath it as well. Um, and if it's a consistent thing as well where you just like you feel like you can't get it right that something is not in in place you want a better relationship with your child but there's just this kind of friction there you can't put your finger on it or you're repeating things that your parents did with you or that your grandparents did or things that you've just seen the older generations Mm. do that actually you didn't like but you found yourself almost in default doing it and it's you know, we all have our own light bulb moments and our different times when we'll have our light bulb moments. But when you do have that light bulb moment, you're actually like, right, okay, I'm turning into my mother or I'm turning <laughs> yeah. into my father. Yeah. And that's my worst nightmare. And I can see that the relationship I desire to have with my child or the relationship I desire to have with my partner or whoever is not happening. It's time for us to take a step back, go inward and say, right, okay, what is actually playing out here? whether I, I like it or not hmm. and then when you actually say right okay it does feel like I am repeating patterns here what can I do about that there's several things you can do you can get support from so many different spaces places and people there are free things you can look up on, on places like YouTube books you can read you can enlist the support somebody such as myself or yourself to really work in terms of rewiring the brain to releasing old trauma. You know, I also include a lot of inner child work with my my work as well. um, That kind of helps to clear out old coding and programming and give you the, the confidence and the empowerment to start actually putting into yourself and creating the experience that you desire. Because I truly believe like, honestly, if you know my story, I use my own story as inspiration. Like if I can do it, anyone can do it you know it may take a little bit longer than others but you will always get there once you put in the aligned action
0: and I think it's with like the same as any new skill really isn't it it's Mm -hmm. um if you if you've developed for want of a better phrase a bad habit um you you having to unlearn the bad habit and then put in a new healthier habit and it takes time we don't we don't do these things instantly Mm -hmm. it's uh when you're learning new skills there's times of almost setback where you fall into that pattern and you kind of I think it's that it's that learning process isn't it and that's where I felt your services was quite beautiful in that you're supporting people and working alongside in this really kind of warm and Mm non-judgmental space of learning as in like it's okay that we've done this up until now now we're recognizing that this isn't working for us let's Mm. let's look at some other tools that we can put into place and move forward and I I really do feel it's so important um as a part of a self-care practice as well um because parents I mean I I know (laughs) like I often reflect back now with the knowledge that I have now and think oh I would have made such a different choice at that stage about how this thing happened Um, and of course I can't go back and change that so if you're in that now and you can go yeah I'm not okay with this there being tools and people like yourself that you can tap into I just think so so valuable
1: it really is, and it's it's interesting because it's some some words that you just use there. You know, safe, non-judgmental as well. That is something that a lot of us don't have for ourselves. Like mm-hmm. we, we do things, we in our minds, oh damn, I've messed up again. I'm a bad mom. I'm a bad person. You know, that we beat ourselves up all the time when actually it's so true. Like when a child is learning to walk, they don't try for a couple of days and think, do you know what, this isn't working. <laughs> it's I'm not for me. The rest of my <laughs> life, you know. Yeah. They don't. They go, okay, I'm going to try it again and again and again. And that's something, it's the learning process. It's, you know, I say it to my clients all the time repetition, repetition, repetition. If you have a day where you feel like you've defaulted, that's okay. Hold grace for yourself, hold compassion. Tomorrow's a brand new day. And just being easy on yourself as yeah. well, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's one of the underpinning things of, of all the work I do, that be kind to yourself. Yeah. Um, we give ourselves so much hassle for not getting things right um, and not doing things perfect. And um, I don't believe that perfection is is, is attainable. It's this yeah. pipe dream. It's it's not real. Um, so be just being kind to yourself, especially when you're raising tiny humans, um, because then they can see that it's okay to make mistakes. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, lo- we learn from what we do and we yeah. learn to do it better when we've got awareness around around yeah. what we're doing um you did touch on a little minute ago you you mentioned inner child healing so I wondered if you could elaborate and explain a little bit more about that because that I think is a really interesting topic as well so the way
1: that I teach um in child healing in a child connection is touching in and con- reconnecting with that aspect of yourself That may—I mean, I specialize more so in wounded in a child Mm. connection that may still be playing out um, from a wounded space. So I know there's always different ways that people look at it, but the most simplified version I give my clients is you know, if they're having a bad time, let's say as a mom, and they're, they're, all these thoughts are coming in their heads you know, I'm a bad person, I can't do anything right, I mess things up all the time, and they're feeling triggered in that moment, what I will always ask my clients is really dig deep and ask yourself, where is this coming from? Can you locate where it's from? I ask them to feel in um, through their mind and in their body, if they can locate the feeling in their body as well. And a lot of the time, it does come from when we were younger, unresolved wounding, or things that you know happened. Uh, you know, we're not blaming our parents or anything, but sometimes stuff happens. Sometimes they say things um, with good meaning, but it's not received in that way. And then sometimes that energy sticks. Mm-hmm. And what can happen is, is this is something that the that I find so often with our parenting in particular is the inner child, the wounded inner child aspect of you will run riots where you feel you're not getting something right. You will be 10 times harder on yourself because you've got that aspect of wounding within you that's playing out. So what I often do with my clients to kind of really dig deep into that stuff as well is to really draw attention to it and see to the needs of yourself. In other words, reparent yourself at the same time, because the truth is nobody can see to your needs better than you can. Mm-hmm. And it's I promote the, the, the idea of filling your own emotional cup without the reliance on anybody else. If anybody else wants to pour into you and you overflow, that's beautiful. But we all need to learn how to tend to our own needs and meet ourselves where we need to. So I bring in that aspect of my work as well, because with a lot of moms, and I've heard it, you know, where they say, you know, I I, I have wounding from my childhood, I don't feel enough. Mm-hmm. And that shows up in your parenting, I'm not a good mom, I'm not enough for my child, maybe they'd better off be better off with other people, you know. Um, so I feel like it's a really important place to look at um, when we're trying to develop ourselves. And also when we're trying to create healthier generational patterns because how we feel leads to how we show up. Mm. You know, thoughts, feelings, actions. And if that's how your mother did it and that's how your, her mother did it and that's how her mother did and nobody's dealing with their stuff, of course it's going to pass down because nobody's learning a different way of dealing with things or bringing awareness to it
0: yeah yeah i I so agree and i think there's something in it becomes normality
1: Mm,
0: if if you're in that space and that's how everyone's always done it um you maybe don't realize that there is another way or that there is some healing or some triggering that's going on um and i don't know if you have an answer for this but you obviously you've used the word trigger so how how might someone know that they're being triggered so they're coming from a place of parenting with reactive parenting as opposed Mm -hmm. to responsive parenting yes
1: so that is where for example if if you walked into the living room and it looked like world war three had just kicked off in your home and it evoked a massive emotional feeling or response, reaction within your body as well. I mean, oftentimes we disassociate from our bodies anyway. We don't connect. It's just more up here. Yeah. Um but it just it feels very strong almost like many describe it as like a rage or this big bubble of emotion that's just about to go whoosh, like splatter all over the place, mm-hmm. right? Whether that's anger, crying or whatever, that is um that is where you will know you're being triggered. And that is where I will often say to my to my clients, okay, don't say or do anything in that moment. Take a few deep breaths, try and recenter, maybe even leave the room. Just regulate your nervous system as much as you can do, and then go into that after. Because I am a firm believer that if we don't tend to our triggers or our emotions that need to come up or need attention, it will come up again and again. Um, so that is how I would describe a trigger. It's this a lot of emotion that's been hidden away or or suppressed and it just comes up and it feels very strong and often many would describe it as feeling almost uncontrollable like it just had to come out and that's where you'll find the reactive state playing out
0: yeah um and I think you 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 almost touched on what to do so Mm -hmm. you suggest taking a breath taking a step taking a step back and sitting with the feeling or evaluating the feeling?
1: Yeah, or... I mean, it's really dependent on the situation. So let's say you've just come in from work, you're absolutely knackered, the place is a mess, you've walked through the room and you are about to explode, at, you know, at everything that's gone on. I would say to that person, okay... Tell whoever's in the room you're going to take a couple of seconds outside the door. You're just going to take a few deep breaths, recenter. I also say um, to my clients, so get your own personal mantra. So for my, for me, when I get stressed out or I feel like stuff is coming up, I always say, "I'm safe. I'm loved. It's okay. I'm safe. I'm safe. I'm loved." And I repeat that again and again and again as I do my breathing, and then I re-enter into that environment. But as soon as you can which for many parents is often in the evening time when the kids are in bed, get a pen and paper down, really write down, journal into what has actually come up. And one question I always tell my clients to ask themselves is, is this really about the messy living
0: room? Is this <laughs> yeah. really
1: about the, the spilt milk? What's really underneath there asking you to address it, inviting you to feel in to what is ready to be released? Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah um yeah definitely I think that's really useful sort of any kind of inner work isn't it like yeah. where, where does this actually come from yeah. um I, I know for me as a parent there was a, a big thing about respect absolutely be, children being respectful and that's something you hear a lot um and as as grown adults we have this expectation about how tiny humans little our little people our children should behave that shows respect And we can, I think we can attribute um, characteristics to behavior that is so not what a child is actually communicating. Um, And that was a really big thing for me to realize that there was this word that had meaning that I was attributing to behaviors that that wasn't the intent. That wasn't the intention. And um, just because we're grown, we don't I don't think we should command respect or yeah. what that is just because we've grown it's the word has changed for me and the meaning has changed for me so i i think i think what you are doing is that kind of work is that am i Am I right in what
1: i think? Absolutely, because you're spot on. Like I, with my girls, I always welcome feedback from them. So if I was to speak to them in a certain way that they felt was disrespectful, they are open enough to come and say, mum, we didn't like the way you spoke to us or we didn't like you raising our voice, you raised your voice there. You know, that was aggressive. That was threatening. A lot of the time, we're not aware of how we're even communicating, if we're stressed out or whatever, you know. And so I welcome that feedback and I go away and I think about it, go, ah. OK, I can't get upset at them when they're shouting or raising their voice if I'm actually yep. doing it as well. We lead. And I often say that our children are our greatest healers and they will reflect back to us the inner work that needs to happen as well. Um, and it's all an invitation. Like, you know, not everybody will take the invitation to go within and, and improve on certain things. And that's OK. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just think, you know, absolutely if we want our children to respect us, we have to model it. We have to lead first. It's like, um, I had a client a few weeks ago say, well, if I, if I co-regulate with my child, how will they learn to regulate themselves? Um, and I said, well, that's how they learn. You have to model, you have to lead, you are the example. Um, and you're always learning as well, which is also a positive thing.
0: Yeah, and we understand so much more now about the psychology and how, uh, uh, how early years does f- help us form as adults, um, so yeah. I know there's, there's a few things that I had reactions to when you were talking and connected in with, and I, and I know there is, or I feel that there's many people that are like, well, this is how I was parented, you know, it's kind of the way it's always been done, and it's okay, but we know now that some of these things are not okay yeah. um, uh, uh, and controversially maybe I believe as parents we have a duty to educate ourselves in how to be the best parent we can be and that mm-hmm. I know is a sliding scale um, and again it's not about perfection it's it's mm-hmm. you know when we recognize as we do with anything if we recognize we don't know how to do an exercise we go and get some help from a personal trainer or whatever yeah. it's for me this kind of therapy resource i don't know how you would label yourself education um, yeah. isn't a sign of failure it's a sign of thriving it's a sign of successing uh, being successful <laughs> use english sarah um you know it's it to me it's that sign of kind of knowing and wanting to 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 be forming that healthy happy relationship with your child so I think it's so valuable I've forgotten the point that I was trying to make but it's just so valuable that um, these services now exist because we know we know now that we ca- we can do better as parents yeah. so it feels like we're kind of at a place where if you're happy we can bring it to an end um, yeah. but is there anything that you would like to leave people listening with To go away and think about or anything.
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, if anything has resonated with anything we're speaking about today, you know, the point you've just made is so valid. Like if you're going to do any kind of improvement or learning or expanding um in, in your parenting relationships, know that you're doing it, not because you're broken, not because you're a failure not because you just can't get it right, but you're doing it because you want a better quality of life for yourself and your loved ones. Um, I think there's this big thing out there where, especially on social media, I see it a lot where you need to be fixed. Mm, or something is broken and I just do not align with any of that I think a lot of the time we are not educated enough I think a lot of the time there's a lot of misalignment but nothing is ever broken nothing ever needs to be fixed you know we can improve things but if you're going to do it do it from a space of knowing that you want a better quality of life for yourself for your children for your grandchildren and beyond because every move that you make is going to impact your child in one way or another, and you get to choose what way impacts them. Mm -hmm. They then get to go and model that to their children and so forth. And that's how we create the deeper generational work that this world essentially needs.
0: And and I would echo that. We're not broken it's it's education we're just learning yeah. we're learning more we're understanding more and we're we're able to like you say pass that on to our to our children and the people around us so absolutely, absolutely. we're not broken we don't need fixing absolutely right. thank, thank you. you thank you so much for coming and speaking with me You're so welcome. And thank you to those that are listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. To connect, find out more about me and my guests, visit srtt.co.uk and follow at SRTT Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. I'll be back next Wednesday with a new guest. Until then, stay curious and be kind to yourself.